0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 193. Today's episode, I'm going to step away from all the psychology stuff that's been kind of going lately in the dead of winter here. And I'm I'm going to talk about the most fundamental aspect in uh, dog training, any dog training, anything at all. And that is uh, basic obedience. So if you go, oh, no, this is going to be boring, please don't uh, hear out just a little bit because it's not just a discussion of how to do heal and sit. Or, matter of fact, it's not really that at all. It's what what is basic obedience really? So when I get people's dogs in for training, you know, and they're all excited because they want to come and get a dog that's just really enjoyable and really knows what it's doing, And and usually one of the first questions I get after they've... And they've been away from their dog, I don't know, a few days or a week. So how good do you think she is? You know, what, what what's her potential? What's the talent? What the hell that, you know, have you already shot birds for? And it, there's a lot of places where when you're doing the bird work, like most of my listeners do. You know, man, you just get right on that. And that's good for puppies when, I mean, you need that if you're going to have a bird dog. You got to do the early bird work when they're little. But I'm talking about when you begin formal training with uh with a dog now I haven't trained the other uh pointing breeds let's say I've, I've done all the retrievers every kind that there is well not a curly coat I haven't done that but I've done all of those so I'm speaking from that experience I don't know uh What the guys that are just interested in upland and pointing, How I'm not sure how they go about all this. I know the bird part of it. I don't know about this part of it. So I'm going to address this to certainly all of the retriever uses and basic life with a dog, any dog of any kind. And I mean any kind. I'm going to talk about the single most important part of you teaching a dog something that is important, and personally, I think that basic obedience and all that is very important because it's how I call my dog out of the road or f- keep them from going into the road or going after a- chasing another dog or many life and death type things. I can't imagine, you know, having a dog that I could have taught that kind of thing to and didn't, and then you know, not very good things happen. So, this. Fundamental obedience, and that's kind of a you know that word implies a lot of things. Some of them, uh, yes, and some of them, uh, not so much. Basic obedience on a dog is not a uh, necessarily a dictatorial thing. It kind of seems like it, I guess, because you they have to sit when you tell them and come when you call them. But in the relationship between a canine and a human, that's sort of inherently what's there. So. That is the nature of, we're not equals, like you and your best friend or your partner or whatever. You guys are equals, right? One of you shouldn't be telling the other one how to live, what to wear, what to do. But when it comes to people and dogs, they depend on us completely, right? For food, for shelter, for water, for the activities, for the meaning to their life. They, and so in return for providing all that stuff and making sure they have a top quality life, In return, we ask that they interact with us in a real usable, workable, appropriate way and that it be consistent and built into what we're doing. That's what I'm talking about. Fundamental obedience. And if you're going to go on and teach more advanced things and in our retriever world, you know, that's teach them to be steady everywhere. Teach them um, to do multiple marks and to run blind retrieves and stop on a whistle and take casts, all because that's just what they're taught to do. Not because you have some mechanical means of making them do it. So establishing the relationship that allows that to happen is actually a very simple thing. And I think to most people, probably the most dull <laughs> boring part of training now everybody wants to get past that and get on to the really cool stuff guns a blasting feathers flying you know things in the air all of that and you know that part isn't that part is it's the cool part it's why you got the dog but everything depends on the beginning of your formal training and how what the relationship is you set up between you and your dog Now, generally, this I'm going to just I'm trying to reference my experiences with other people because I've certainly evolved from when I thought I was really great as a teenager because I could get the CDX title on my Dachshund. As a matter of fact, you know I could do that. You know that's like wow, I'm just really great. Yeah, I just I could do that one particular dance step. Basic obedience is not just heel set and all the little things that you do. Basic obedience is where you establish the relationship between you and your dog. And everything that happens with you and your dog and every issue that you have, assuming it's not a health or mental state or something kind of thing, every, every issue you have with your dog all stems from right here. But it really is sort of the dullest part of it because I think people either underestimate or don't really understand the significance of what you're doing. Now, I'm everyone that's listening to this. I'm talking to a human brain, which, regardless of where we fall on the on the IQ scale, here is is very uh, sophisticated and very much more uh, capable of doing a lot of things than a canine brain. Right? They they can't do math. Uh, they can't reason and give you an argument why this and that. They can't communicate in the same. Uh, verbal way that we do. Although, good Lord, the Barkers try. So we have to step into their world and communicate what it is that we want them to learn and understand in a way that is meaningful and clear to them. And that's critical stuff right there. And a lot of people have never really thought about it. You know, the comments that I've heard from people, you know, all my dogs' obedience is really good unless there's a distraction, as if the issue were distractions. And, you know, my dog does this really well unless there's, if there's another dog or if, and all the things that they, where their obedience gets weak, that means you don't have it. That means it's like the dance step. When I used to think when I was younger, what a great dog obedience trainer I was because I'd had some success in a, in a ring. But when I would take my uh, dog out for a walk, I couldn't always get him to come to me if there was something more interesting. And I, of course, attributed that to that dog, that breed, that kind of dog. And it was, that's just, they hadn't been taught. So the, the, again, the purpose of fundamental obedience is to set up the relationship between you and your dog. For me and the dogs that I train, it means when I say something to you, when I communicate to you. I will teach it very thoroughly and then it's for you to work with me and to respond. You need to respond. It's not an option, it's not a choice you get to decide about, it's something that you need to do. Okay again this doesn't apply people to people but human to dog it does. They're not robots, they're living things. But these living things when I train them and I say you know Fang come here, Fang needs to come here. And if I say sit Fang needs to sit and I'm not going to argue and show and try to, okay, got it on the fourth time. I would say what I'm talking about in terms of basic obedience, there aren't really gray areas in this and people just, just apply gray areas to it all the time. Again, oh, good obedience on the leash, but not off. Or they're good off the leash, but not on. (laughs) Or, you know, the dog runs by or a squirrel makes a noise. So basically that means you don't have it. I don't, again, I don't see a gray area. And you can't look at it that way when you're working with a dog because dogs don't really do gray areas. They either learn that they need to take you seriously or they learn that they only need to take you seriously when certain things happen. Like your voice gets a certain way or you get the leash out or something happens like that. Then it's like, okay, now he's... Or your electric collar users. Dogs one way with the collar on and another way with the collar off. Well, you did that. Not every electric, electric collar conditioned dog knows the difference between that that's why you go to any uh, field events right there's no collars on anybody in a field trial or a hunt test none they gotta just do the stuff they gotta stop on a whistle 220 yards out there and take a left cast okay that's not because they got the collar on but because that's what they were taught and conditioned and practiced and became good at doing so again to get to any of those levels we have to come back right in close And teach these dogs that when I say something it's important. Now the other thing that you have to do is when I say something to you I'm going to make sure that it is very clear to you. I think I said one time a couple of several years ago somebody brought me a dog to train and uh, and the training went well it worked but she told me she said uh, she has a vocabulary of 21 commands. And I had told her, I, I am not smart enough to have, work with 21 commands. We're going to drop it to three or four, and we'll just stay there while she's with me. Then you can go back to, and we had, you know, the hand up meant this, and this, all these, very complicated. I would have had to make a little effort to learn that. <laughs> and so people think you know that's a a positive you know if your dog has all this trick stuff and you can use all these things I would I just would never do that but if I did did say here it really would have to count so my emphasis is more on thoroughness and clarity than it is on variety and sophistication and how much different stuff and volume that that we could teach the dog so how, what is basic obedience when we're talking about this? Okay, it the the leash, and the and not a leash and a flat collar. Okay, I'm a choke chain person. They are not cruel. I have never hurt an animal in a million years. Um, so obviously I, the prong collar, I don't I don't use that. Like I said, maybe when I'm old old, <laughs> I might have to because I won't be strong enough. But I don't use that because that hurts. And people, the obedience people love that because when you have kind of a fire-breathing dragon, you just put that on and they they just stop fire-breathing right there because it hurts. And I don't feel that that's probably a good basis to uh, begin to establish this relationship. If you don't do what I say, I'll hurt you because that creates in certain dogs resentment or at least just wisdom. When the prong collar's on, just do whatever they say. When it's off, you don't have to because they can't hurt you. And so that's not, you know, that's not a relationship I've ever found useful. And again, I'm going to say where I'm coming from on this. I train everybody else's dogs. I have trained my wiener dog a little bit. And, but I train everybody else's dogs. And I, I have to train them so that they will function away from me in another place with other people. Which means they have to really be conditioned and really understand what's being taught but that's not enough because if if I teach them and say I did a good job and then I just hand it over and go here your dog's all trained the dog is and they don't have any relationship other than the spoiled puppy one that they came with that's what they're going to leave with so now I've given them the tools and I have to give them the knowledge to understand how to work with their dog how to communicate to their dog what their standards are what they're going to expect and make the dog understand the nature of their relationship that's just how it goes how many people i've said just tell me have said to me tell me what words to use and i would say it doesn't matter you we need to go in on this basic obedience part and establish the relationship between the two of you so they are taking you seriously and you are taking them seriously it's not a dog bot. that got reprogrammed, now does whatever you say. You know, like I said, I always say, remember in school when you had a substitute teacher? You might have been a very different student. If it wasn't a very strong and in charge kind of teacher, you take advantage of it. Not because you're bad, but because that's just the nature of the authority figure over you. And it's the same way with dogs. So that's why the fundamental obedience is very important. This is taught to a dog. Again, the purpose isn't because we all want obedience champions. The purpose is we want a dog who responds to us when we use a calm voice and we're not emotional and we're not threatening with some mechanical ways of hurting them if they don't do it, but because it's the way we are together. And this is most clearly taught to a dog brain, not necessarily your brain or mine, but a dog brain, By giving them some very simple tasks, teaching them what your words mean, as in heal, sit and hear, whatever you say, I'll just use the words I use, it doesn't matter, heal, sit and hear, to have a meaning to each one of those words, and then to teach them what one at a time those words mean, and then to condition them to respond, and then to hold that standard always. And there's some judgment in here. But, and I'll discuss that a little bit. And I won't go on forever and ever on this. This could be an all-day thing. But let's use heal and sit. And here. So, I, you get, I get a six, seven-month-old dog in. And I always hear, oh, they're way better off the leash than on because they did the walk. <laughs> so I go, well, good. Now we're going to have to use the leash. It's always nicer if it got done when the dog could understand it and was physically strong enough to use a a choke chain and a leash. A flat collar is not good because that's basically like a big old tug-of-war. They can pull on the flat collar, you can pull back, and all you guys are doing is kind of in a negotiated standoff, moving around, doing stuff. Nothing is being improved or changed. So in your mind, whatever it is you have for basic obedience, whatever words you use and whatever you want to teach, You have to have in your mind extreme clarity about what the words you're going to use mean. And I mean extreme clarity because you have to have clarity in a canine brain. And so in yours, if you don't, you know, if you're kind of vague about stuff, then you're going to transfer vagueness to the dog, which is going to be much looser even than your vagueness. And you're never going to get the fundamental responses that you need. So whatever things are important for you to teach a dog and don't ever teach them all at one time, one thing at a time, because it's a dog brain, you know, you can think of two or three things at a time and you, you're comfortable with that and you want to do it. That is not the best way to communicate with a dog. So you get this dog, your dog, and now, you know, hopefully they're not four years old and you've taught them the exact opposite for four years. That's... One, unfair, and two, really hard to do. But when you have a youngster that's just learning things, and so now we want to teach him to walk on a leash. And the worst thing, in my opinion, many disagree with me, but I will believe it to the bitter end, I'm sure, I never put one of those expanded leashes, you know, pull harder and you go farther out of the little uh, wind-up thing. Because when you put those on, I know why everyone does, because then the dog can wander around and they're still attached to you. But what they're learning is if you want to go somewhere and there's a little resistance, pull harder. So they pull harder. And if you really, really want to go, you have to really, really pull. And it's just sort of, a, again, a negotiation between the two of you. Well, I want to go over here. Well, you don't want them to go over there. So, and it's just an argument. I would never, ever train or ha- en- engage with a dog in any argumentative way. I never did with my kids. That worked great. And I don't do it with dogs. So I never have one of those expando leashes. If I am going to have to walk and remain attached to them, then I would just have a long cord. And every time they got to the end, it, end of it, they'd be met with a, a jerk, which they would want to avoid, so they would be aware of when they got to the end. But I don't even I don't do that. So you have to have the, a, a way to communicate physically, And verbally with the dog to teach them one thing at a time and let's just use the word heal I'm not telling you you need to do this but I'm trying to get you to think about it a certain way heal what does heal mean to you if right now if you just had to tell me all right well when I say heal it means and then you'll say something what it means to you is what you're going to tell me. Well, heel means that the dog is on, my lee- on, on a leash and walking with me. And I was like, okay, but that's not how the dog is thinking it. You need to teach something very specific. So for me, when I'm teaching any dog to heal, heal means, if it's a left-sided dog, heel means be at my left side. Basically hip to hip or rib to rib. Even with each other. Facing the same direction. That's what heal means. That's all it means. However, so that's a very simple thing. It means be at my left side. For you have a right side, but have a side, you know, teach. So it's specific. Have a side, teach your dog. Heel means to be at my left side. Now in the very beginning, in this is an obedience lesson, you can't just crank on them to be perfect, but you've got to, okay, you're going to walk on a leash with me and you're going to be over on this side. You're not going to walk in front of me. You're not going to walk behind me. You're not going to do little circles around me. In other words, when you're beginning to teach this, you don't let them do the thing you don't want them to do. It's just that simple and people don't do that. They're, they're sitting there with the leash and their dogs wraps them up and it's like, well, why'd you let them do that? I mean, <laughs> He has a heel on the left side, heel on the left side. You have a leash. That's why you have the leash, so that you can have them where they need to be. And again, that's why I like the choke chain, because if I have to do a little jerk, it's a constriction and a release, put on correctly. It's a constriction and release that they're like, wow, okay. And they wish to avoid any of those things. So they learn very early that when they say heel, I need to be over here in this position. Now, what you also want to do instead of, and this is, I know I've seen this a lot, people that use the word over and over and over, imagining that you are creating a, 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 an association between the word heel and walking at your side. So you, they're walking along heel, 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 heal. <laughs> That would be, they, they react about as well to that as if, if I was teaching you and I went, don't do that. Walk, walk, walk with them, walk with them. Okay. Keep walking with them. All right. Don't stop. Keep walking. You would, I would become noise and annoying and the significance of what I was asking would be lost because of the noise. So what you want to teach them is heal. I'm going to say it once and then you're going to heal. And I have the leash to control that. And we're, going to, and we're just starting now. We're not a dog that you've already taught to pull as hard as they can. Because then you got to be kind of corrective. Those jerks have to be a little more meaningful so the dog responds to it. But in, in other words, you teach the dog, be at my left side, go in my speed, go in my direction. You say it once, and then you have them do it. That seems to be a very difficult thing, particularly for like people new to work and stuff with dogs. They tell them a word and they kind of halfway make them do it and then halfway don't. And then they wonder, the dog's just not getting it. No, dog's getting it. You're not getting it. Because when you tell them heal, they need to be in the right position. You have the leash, place them there. When you're walking you're going to have to work a lot in the beginning because they're going to be very confused about what is this? You're, I'm dying. You're joking me. Oh, and you have to let them just walk with them and kind of get them to calm down a little bit and ultimately teach them, heal means to be at my left side. But in your mind, when you have a word that you are going to teach, you do not say it over and over and over, thereby diluting it and putting it into background noise. And you show them, exactly what it means and then you hold them to it and when you're teaching you're literally physically making them be in the correct place now you can have all kinds of reactions some of them can get panicky some of them just turn into a wet noodle most don't but i mean on on extremes of what you encounter sometimes it can be pretty wild particularly if you've never made them walk on a leash and all you are they just imagine, you know, they're, they're in a bear trap. So you have to be understand that, one, and be patient, and then teach them to walk at your left side. And if they get into wild panic, which I've had, I told the story about Naked, the dog I did before, G. And I, put, I went, you know, I need to get this dog on a leash. I'd say she was five months old, maybe, and we're going to walk half a mile to the mailbox. The dog just flipped out. Literally, this is a dog I've raised, done a walk every day, great retriever. But we put a leash on, so you're and she just acted like Ian, like I was stuck her head in a meat grinder. And she flipped up and down and rolled like an alligator. And I let her do it and then just kept walking. I didn't make her be perfectly hip to hip, I just needed her to be on the leash and move with me to start. And literally, we had panic attacks and flip-outs and craziness and oh, just all the way to the mailbox. And if someone had been watching that, they would have said, that is, a, that is the most horrible dog trainer I've ever seen in my life. Look what she's doing to that dog as this dog's jumping and spinning and all this stuff. And I'm calmly standing there and then moving continuously along. When we got to the mailbox, we turned around and headed back and she walked at my left side. And did after that, you know, and then we could continue and learn regular obedience. She's very, very good. So that was her reaction. That was very surprising to me because I trained most of the litter and none of them are like that. But she just flipped out. So one, I should have probably started a little bit earlier. And two, I fed no energy into the flip out or the panic at all. Fed no energy into it all. I just let her vent her fear of uh, meat grinder. And then we continued walking. And that's why I, on the way back, we just walked together and it was over forever. So th- sometimes strange, th- strange things like that happen. But I didn't just quit and go, oh, I'll never be able to do this because I can. And if she got panicked, you understand it. But am we're still going to keep going. On the other side, sometimes you get dogs, when you have that on there, it's, it's like you went over and lassoed a big old Angus bull, right? And then you're going to walk him to the barn and he goes, no, I'm not. And <laughs> you're going, oh, come on. And he's going, no, I'm not. Sometimes you get dogs that do that. Again, probably should have started earlier before they developed that kind of pushback. But you still got to do the same thing, whether it's just some little tiny jerks or a big jerk, to, obviously the, you couldn't do that to a bull, but I'm just talking about a dog. If they said they're okay, if they're really just like scared to death, then have a, I hate these, right? But have a little bacon bit there, a little treat. Go, hey, we'll get up and walk, I'll give you this. Do something to break their train of thought. And get them where they're going, hey, this getting a leash on here isn't so bad. Until just for a day or two until all of a sudden they start looking forward to it. Kill the treats because they need to just do it. But sometimes when dogs are like that, you do something to break their thinking. That's what you do. And again, food is really good when dogs just have a lockup on you. And sometimes they do. But they're still going to learn that heal means be at my left side. That should only take literally a few days if you don't let them do the wrong thing. All right. So that's real important in this basic obedience is don't let them learn. Don't let them do what they're not supposed to. That's why you have a leash on. Keep them where they need to be. But this requires that mentally you be a hundred percent involved in this single little thing that you guys are doing and that your mind is on. I just going to have you walking at my left side. And when you are very clear about that and maintain that standard, that translates to your dog, and they become very clear, too. So it's not because you're hurting them. It's not because of you're saying it over and over and over and over and over and over. It's because you're teaching them what the word means, and you're requiring that they do it. And you're staying non-emotional and calm. And if they get in a bad way, you break their thinking a little bit so that they get out of that. And you continue. Same thing with sit. Once you got them, where okay, now we're on a leash without going nutso or laying down or whatever, and you're walking, now we're going to do sit. And in the beginning, you have to physically pull up on the leash and push down on the bottom. Make sure they sit squarely. And the reason, again, squarely is so that the hips are always in the perfect alignment, not cocked over. So you begin to get a misalignment situation, especially for these athletic dogs. Everything needs to be in optimum alignment. So walk along. Now you're going to teach them to sit, right? Sit, pull up on the leash to pull their head up, push their bottom down, and make them sit. Now, if you have never taught this before to a dog, they might not want to do it or wonder again, what is this? What what nonsense is this? Or, you know, they won't or they want to lay down. In your mind, sit means bottom goes down squarely. You're up on your front feet and you stay there motionless. That's what it has to be in your head. And if it is, then you're going to tell them sit and physically put them into the sit position and make them stay. Don't say stay. I'm just make them sit and remain there. Let it, let it percolate for five or ten seconds. So that sit and they are practicing the sit. So in their mind... The sit command can begin to, to percolate into there. You don't just teach all this stuff real quick, say it, say it a lot. And get, then this is just like a kind of a vague thing you guys are doing. But you tell them sit, pull up on the leash, push down on the bottom, let them sit. Five or ten seconds. Then heel, be at my left side. means they move with you. That's what heel means. Come, my left side's moving, so you need to move. Walk again. Sit don't use too much touching. In the beginning, you can use pushing their bottom down. Later on, you can use a, a, a little stick or something. To, f- But the more you touch them, the more that is distracting because this is your buddy. So as soon as you can get away from putting that bottom down, which should be within two days, no matter what, then quit touching them because they'll like that. They'll make you push them down every time because they like the touch. So once they have understood that the word means to drop your bottom, remove the touch and enforce some other way so that they'll just sit instead of controlling things and making you physically touch them and do the work for them. So now we have heels at my left side. Sit means sit. It's just a few days you can teach that. Again, when you say sit, the next thing that dog needs to do is drop the bottom. That needs to be in your head. Very clear. And you say it one time. And then you enforce, not sit, 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 and they get up and then you put them back. If they're going to get up, be, be watching the dog, right? Again, fully invested in what you're teaching. Watch the dog as soon as they're thinking about getting up, make sure it stays down. Don't let them commit the crime. Don't let them get up and then tell them to sit and then let them get up and tell them to sit. You're not teaching anything but a weird, odd, little dance step. Teach them that when they, when you say sit, the bottom goes down and it stays down. That is clarity, but it has to be that way in your mind. And then I'm not going to go into great detail. But anyway, do heel and sit right there. Heel, sit. And pretty soon sit means I, I, I say sit and you stay seated. I can walk right around in front of you. 18 inches, not 10 feet. I can say sit and continue to move in front of you, you remain seated because sit means sit. And you don't need hand signals and a, re- a redundant stay because there's no such thing as a sit where you don't stay. So that's just more vocabulary and more noise you make that isn't necessary for these guys. Sure, there's a place for stay, like stay on the rug or stay in a room or whatever. But right here, we're teaching clarity. Sit means drop your bottom. You're done until they let you go or tell you to do something else. You need that clarity in your mind as well. So once you've taught it, then you enforce it. Again, a little pop on the bottom with the end of the leash or a little umbrella. I don't care what it is. Sit. We use healing sticks and wiffle. I use a plastic wiffle bat because it just pops. It doesn't really hurt anybody uh, so that they learn set. And then the, the last one I just for the sake of discussion I'm going to talk about is here. Come, whatever it is you say. So first, first you get heal and sit. You get that, right? So it's good. Now you're going to tell them to sit. Holding on to the leash, never dropping it during the entire time you ever do basic obedience. Tell them to sit. Walk in front of them two feet. They should already know, I don't get up. Then, with your leash in hand, give them your here command. Call them to you. You have the leash. Make sure they come straight to you. And you can tell them to sit in front of you. Here, sit. And you can enforce with the jerk up. They should know exactly what it is. So you don't, I always have people go, oh yeah, I can put them on a stay and get 50 feet away and call them. And then they show me and they call them and the dog, and then they stop and sniff something on their way. And then they kind of, what's this leaf? Okay. And then they make their way over. That's not a here. A here means I need to get to you, right to you. That's how you save their lives, all right? In other situations. So we start two, three feet away call them in here, back up three or four feet so they make that progress toward you ha- toward you, with one here. And then sit and have them sit. Practice that a few times. Then what you can do when they understand here. Now, if, the, if you say, first you're going to show them here and then you pull on them a little bit, jerk a little bit, get them to come to you, sit, good dog. It's going to take a little while. So if they continue to make you do the work, of uh, this like on sit or heel, when they make you do all the work of keeping them you know doing the here for them once you've t- kind of created that understanding of what here means okay now if they don't come when you say here towards you close in we're still close when you back up though to, so that there's a lot of movement because movement makes it easier for them always if it, you say here and they just sit there say it again and give a jerk on that choke chain that is meaningful to that dog In other words, if you don't come when I call you, you're going to come when I call you. And it's a lot better if you do the work on your own instead of making me do it. Don't use treats here. That's a bribe. That is a bribe. Oh, here, come to me and I'll give you this. Well, they're coming to the treat, not you. That doesn't save a dog's life in the field or out in the front street when the neighbor's cat ran across the road. Here needs to be very meaningful. So that's why we don't, uh, you don't bribe them. You teach them when I say here, you come here. And if you don't, you will. And it would be a lot better for you if you did it on your own. That's real clarity on what here means. Because here means come to me and I'll tell you what to do. You either sit in front of me or if I say heal, get over to my side facing the same direction as me. Three words, extreme clarity. Most of the problems or issues you have with your dog are going to be because that is not present in the relationship between the two of you. It always comes down to that. But to teach basic obedience the way I'm talking about requires that you be fully engaged in the moment, in that moment with that dog and what the very simple thing is you're trying to teach and not nag into it by a lot of talking and a lot of words but teach when you hear the word sit your bottom goes down squarely and you're done so all of this work needs to be methodical it needs to be thought out it can't be rushed heel sit heel all this stuff going on too fast the dog hasn't percolated anything and you've given it the next thing to do i see people do that a lot so you have to get into the dog's head and make sure each thing is clearly understood. So if you haven't done it before and you have a six month old dog in about two weeks, yeah, that's for me. Cause I know, you know, what's what to do, but in a few weeks anyway, you can have them walking on a leash, healing and sitting because you said, and when you then continue and hold that standard, never, 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 never. When you're teaching a dog, this stuff, Get the means to enforce whatever you say on them before you give the command. So many people, they come to see their dog. Oh, I've been at the trainer. And the dog's over there and they're going, sit, sit, sit. And no leash, nothing. I'm like, whoa, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Let's get the leash on the dog so that when you say sit, they have to sit. Because otherwise you're instantly teaching them, man, I'll just kind of fling a word out and you may or may not have to do it. That's the last thing. So never give a command you are not in a position to enforce. So if your dog's out in the yard and you're working on basic obedience and calling them and you, you wouldn't need to call them, but you don't know if they're going to do it or not, then don't call them. Otherwise, if you do, they'll learn, hey, in the backyard, you don't have to listen. You don't want them to learn that. If you want to not have to use electric collars and all these enforcement things for the rest of this dog's life, then teach them when you say it, It counts. By not letting them learn, there's times you say it and you can't do anything about it. So that's a, something really to be aware of. And then also be aware, and we're getting, I'm getting on close to 40 minutes here on this. Also be aware that what you're teaching this dog applies all the time. It's not just when you go gear them up and put the leash and stuff on them and go to do your work. Now you got to listen to me. In your mind... In your mind when you take that and let me just throw one more so when you're done and you're gonna the dog is sitting and you're gonna take the leash off take the leash off and require they remain seated the leash off is not the signal that work is done we're out of here don't 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 teach that so take the leash off they're still seated you know give them a little pat on the head scruffle and then okay or whatever your release is and then let them move on so it's not like leash means listen leash off means don't don't do that. And always in your interactions with the dog, if you're know if you in the house and you're teaching your dog stuff, put on a little choke chain while they're in the house, not out in a place where they could get hung up on something, with a little short tab on it. <clears throat> so that if you need to require that, you know, get out of the kitchen or come over here and get in your crate or on your rug, you could go over there, get hold of the end of the tab. It's not dragging on the floor and catching on stuff. And tell them, you know, get on the rug, take them over there and set them down. There's a lot of little things like that you can do so that around the house or in the yard, you can still kind of enforce things. But again, I would use the choke chain in it because a flat collar is, if they have that on, is not, that's not, there's no way to to enforce something meaningfully with that. All you're going to do is just lug them around where you want. You want it to be something where they go, you don't have to do that again. I'm going to do what you have clearly taught me to do. That stuff is what basic obedience is. So that when you say something, they listen, they understand, and they think it's important. And if you're going to go do fancy far away stuff, your dog won't do that if they won't do it right close to you. And you have to most of the time slow yourself down and make sure that they're very clear about what you're teaching and what you're asking. And when you think you get pretty good on heel with the be at my left side, walk backwards 10 feet. They need to stay at your left side you can turn circles they need to stay at your left side there's all kind of ways that you can make this challenging and fun and interesting but if heel means heel and you're walking backwards they need to be over there on your left side so you can actually make this kind of fun based on that then when you start more advanced things or you start force fetch or you start whatever you're doing the dog is already in the mindset of oh he called me and i got to sit down over there okay Oh, now he's asking me to hold the bumper. All right. Well, I I don't know if I like it, but I always wind up doing what he teaches me, so I'll just give this a try. It changes everything forward. If the relationship between the two of you is one where there's extreme clarity, they know exactly what you're asking, and they know that once you've taught them that, that's what they're going to do because you never have those opportunities where you teach them... Not always. You don't always have to do it. It takes a lot of thought to do basic obedience well. It takes a lot of paying attention and it takes a lot of knowing in your mind the clarity and transferring that to your dog and not falling into old habits that you've done all your life. I always did dogs this way. It's just fine because then I don't know why you'd be listening to this. It's always good, and it's a kind of a luxury, actually, to have a dog that responds to you, understands, is clear, and uh, engages like a complete partner in all this stuff. So that's today's snow outside. Winter keeps hanging on, so I hope sometime we, uh, we get back to the springtime and the water and all the fun stuff. Uh, no G-Report, just because she's just doing everything, things are going well, um, getting ready to be competitive this coming spring but uh sorry about missing last week there was just all kinds of insane weather stuff going on and stuff so i i didn't get the podcast out so i got this one try to get catch up soon meanwhile i wish everybody the best stay healthy stay happy stay safe and we'll be back soon